Hey, where are you from? So, uh, what do you do? That's what you get asked a lot, right? When you're meeting someone new, at a party, your dating profile. So tell the world the answer to both of those questions at the same time. We figured out how. We just launched a brand new online store that has all 50 states represented with gear for physical therapists. Now at ptpintcast.com. A stainless steel tumbler for a PT in Tennessee? Check. South Carolina physical therapist t-shirt? Yeah, we got that. Face mask for a Florida PT? Check and double check. Great gear for life, all showing off your profession and your home state. PT gear store available now at ptpinecast.com. So go there and you can show off your profession and home state at ptpinecast.com. We talk PT, drink beer, and record it. Like craft beer for your ears. This is the PT Pinecast. All right, Wednesday Night Live here on the show. Before we get started, I want to say thank you. Thank you to you guys. Uh, saw a pretty big spike in downloads the last couple of weeks, and that's because you guys are doing the opposite rule of Fight Club. Telling a friend, telling a colleague. We appreciate that, so thank you for doing that. Uh, tell somebody if you appreciate the show. It's free as always, but uh, the highest compliment is when you tell a colleague or a classmate, somebody in the profession, like, hey, check this show out. They do cool stuff. So thank you for that. Uh, on the other uh, socials at PT Pinecast, make sure you subscribe to that show. Uh, it says subscribe, but it doesn't cost you anything. All right. Subscriptions for podcasts are free as we get underway. If you're watching live, as we live stream on Twitter, on Facebook, on YouTube, just uh, drop in the comments below live and let us know where you're watching from. We love that. If you're watching the replay, same thing. I'm just I'm constantly amazed where you guys dig into this thing where we cross paths. I love that stuff. Uh, before we get started, I do want to say thanks to our friends from your CBD store. Find them online at cbdrxforyou.com. Uh, find out the ABCs of CBD. Patients with legislation, which we're going to get into tonight, are, are getting and using CBD over the counter. Do you know exactly how it will affect their course of treatment? Exactly? 100%? Uh, so maybe check out the ABCs of CBD. It's physician-led. Dr. Ferrari over at CBDRX4U.com, the ABCs of CBD. So uh, find that out and support them. Also, uh, you're going to give away some pint glasses with these guys coming up early June. We'll ship them to you. If you want to win, just hit PTPinecast.com. We're digging into some legislation, right? This is the stuff that maybe you don't see all the time in your profession, but boy, you notice it when it's not there. And who are we going to get? Well, we're just going to go straight to the top with the APTA. So uh, great, great episode about where things are going. Maybe your head's down in a book because you're a PT or a PTA student. Maybe you're a clinician in the in the clinic and you're thinking, yeah, every once in a while I hear something happen in Washington. What was that? again? What are we working on now? Well, we're going to tell you. Let's start the show. Let's do this thing. All right, ladies and gents, good show for you tonight. Welcome back to the show. A state affairs specialist for the American Physical Therapy Association. He's worked in state and federal health care for 10 years and is passionate about spreading insight on valuable legislation affecting physical therapy. He's one of the people in APTA who are doing the things that are often behind the scenes. But boy, you notice them when they're not doing them. Uh, let's welcome back to the show Michael Lewis from the APTA. Michael. Good to see you, my friend. Me, how are you? I'm doing all right, man. It's been a it's been a little bit since you've been on the show. Yeah. And uh, I, I was mentioning this before we hit uh, broadcast and started recording. I uh, took a tour of your new digs, man. We have pictures have been out of the new APTA headquarters in uh, Alexandria. This thing is a uh, is a great looking facility. There's going to be, and I love how this facility, APTA's new headquarters. Um, some space that's completely dedicated for members, like clinicians, to come and use the facility. So very interesting. Yeah, uh, the APTA Centennial Center is just uh, a great building, beautiful. It's all state-of-the-art. Um, I actually decided going back into the office two days a week uh, at the end of March. So I've been going in uh, for about two months now, uh, and it's a great. There's so many great technologies and 
why is that? Well, we are fucking collaboration among all of the employees and members of APTA. Uh, and it's just a beautiful building, and we really cannot wait yeah. uh, until we can have our members, uh, our board members, everyone to come see our new home. It's, yeah. it's wonderful. It looks good. And uh, as we gear up, of course, right now in the uh, APTA centennial year, you know, the centennial center, part of that uh, going to be some uh, we're, we're waiting on the official word because there are going to be some more festivities going on. You know, this, the, the pandemic situation did kind of uh, hamper, uh, put a little bit of a damper on the uh, the centennial celebration, but we're still doing it online. But looks like towards the end of a year when we had a lot of we kind of like we kind of made the year a little back heavy. So some of those things, a big gila future of uh, physical therapy uh, summit. So those things are coming up later on in the year in the, uh, the fall. So looking forward to that. If you're heading to the DC area, uh, I'm guessing if we're having those big events, the APTA's headquarters is going to be available. And I, I you know, it's, uh, it's designed to make people want to come and visit it, which you can tell from the start. Exactly. Yeah. All right. So uh, kind of prefaced uh, the, 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 the episode today with really the stuff that, we don't see, but if it stopped, and I'm talking about your work and the, the team that you work with at APTA, if that work stopped, we'd notice, right? Those are, these are the kind of things that I always say, these are the people you, do, you don't even know work for the APTA. And that's why I love having you on the show. You get to talk about the stuff that you and the rest of your team do. So I wanted to just bring you on, maybe just a quick update of the issues that the profession and our association are, are focused on. And what progress that we're making. So let's just, I'm just going to, I'm going to shoot these to you at random. Is that cool? Yeah. Oh, wait, I forgot to ask. What are we drinking tonight? We are drinking uh, bourbon bill and uh, Cabernet Sauvignon. So you're going bourbon barrel aged red wine. Yeah. I like that. Double dipping. Yeah. I'm just doing a, I'm doing a Mick Ultra. So uh, thanks. Very for- good. If you go to Taco Check it out. Very inoffensive, but very good. Yeah. Red wine turns to dust in my mouth. I I know I am in the minority, but it just turns to dust. I can't do it. I mean, I appreciate when it's good, but I can't do it. Uh, Thanks to our friends at Owens Recovery Science, a single source for PTs looking for certification in personalized blood flow restriction, rehabilitation training, and the equipment you need to apply it properly in your clinical practice. Find them online at owensrecoveryscience.com and... Uh, they're really getting back into the swing of things as things start to uh, to open up with vaccinations, different restrictions, uh, some more in-person classes for BFR. So check them out, owensrecoveryscience.com, and their podcast now on iTunes, the Owens Recovery Science Podcast. All right, Michael, let's start out with this. Right now, are you, you and I are looking at each other. We can see each other. We can hear each other. And this is something that hit us a little more than a year ago, which was telehealth for physical therapy. Uh, you know, I remember, I remember like, it felt like it was six years ago, but it was a little more than a year ago at Denver. It was a hot topic and people could saying, yeah, yeah, yeah. Eventually something like telehealth for physical therapy will make its way. Well, we fast forwarded it a little more than a year and we're, we're neck deep. So telehealth for physical therapy, you know, what, what's, uh, what's on the pallet there for you guys? Well, as you know, uh, right after CSM in Denver last year, uh, COVID hit, uh, and so in a lot of states, PT clinics, uh, a lot of what are considered non-essential, uh, at least in, in state minds, uh, healthcare facilities were shut down, and many executive orders are Expanded the ability of physical therapists to do telehealth. And not only that, but a lot of states like New Jersey, New York, uh, Pennsylvania, I believe, uh, and several others started um, allowing waivers so that PTs that were licensed in other states could provide tele 
how to patients uh, in states where they were not physically located. Um, so we, we kind of had this explosion in telehealth uh, for physical therapies. And we've known for a long time that telehealth is a very effective modality for the delivery of physical therapy services. Uh, the VA Veterans Affairs Department uh, had done several studies on PT telehealth, all of which have shown that not only is it effective as a treatment modality, but it is also cost-effective. Um, you know, especially people that may live in outlying areas, they have a long drive to a clinic. Uh, and so once we got into the summer month of 2020, we started to see a lot of interest by state in trying to codify the ability of physical therapists to do telehealth. Um, a lot of these executive orders were only temporary. Um, many of them are still in force because, of course, the pandemic is not over. Uh, but three of the states that enacted telehealth statutes last summer are Colorado, Connecticut, and New Hampshire. All three of them codified their executive orders in special legislative sessions last summer. And then as the new year started, most state legislatures went back in the session back in January, uh, there was a, a huge push uh, in states throughout the country to codify the ability of physical service to provide telehealth. Uh, state from Maryland to Oklahoma to, you know, Alaska. Um, all just really put in the codify uh, the ability of PTs, but also other uh, non-physician providers uh, to to provide telehealth, it is the way for the future. Um, you know, as you said last year at CSM, we all said, oh yeah, eventually. Um, but it really just took off uh, last year and we're very pleased. And uh, at the federal level, uh, our federal affairs team is really putting for the extended telehealth access act uh, of 2021. I think I got that right. It might be the expansion of telehealth access. Uh, but back at the end of April, the Center for Medicare and Medicaid Services uh, issued guidance that allowed uh, PT to do telehealth from the initial visit on. Um, and that was a huge win for us. And so what this bill would do with the federal level is to make that permanent. Yeah. Uh, which would be Huge, huge, because as we all know, um, 
as Medicare goes, uh, the private insurance carriers tend to follow whatever right. Medicare does. Yeah, Medicare kind of sets the the, the precedent. Yeah. And I remember last, you know, last year, which feels like six years ago again, um, everybody was sort of sort of starting to figure out there's new it's it's almost like they built new real estate, right? They're always saying they're not building, you know, new waterfront property. But all of a sudden there was this, you know, geography didn't matter. It yeah. was very similar in my world when it went from terrestrial radio, right? FM and AM, where it mattered where you are to a thing like either XM or Sirius or podcasting where all of a sudden geography didn't matter. So people were trying to wrap their head around with, we'd heard this argument that you mentioned before, rural health, like access to care. We've seen, I think just the absolute opposite as well, which is, you know, people in big cities are like, I just want access, right? I'm very used to ordering what I just ordered my brother's birthday present, you know, on a train the other day, because I'm used to it. And And I think it's, you know, it's important to know the telehealth for PTs. There's really two issues in one. One, can PTs provide telehealth? And number two, are insurance carriers required to reimburse Correct. at the same level as in person? Correct. And so one of the things that Connecticut did back during the summer is that they codified the ability for PT to provide telehealth. Uh, but the, for those of you that don't know, uh, the state capital, Hartford, is home to a lot of headquarters of Hartington Company. Right, the Hartford, yeah. And so the Hartford, Aetna, you name it. Uh, And so they have a very big presence in the state legislature. And in the bill that they passed last summer, they put a sunset provision on the parity component, the reimbursement parity, uh, that ended or would have ended on March 31st of this year. Uh, And Connecticut recently extended that for two years. uh, And there is going to be a Commission that studied the issue uh, to determine whether it continued beyond that point. But it's also important to note uh, the the evidence, the literature. Uh, we all know that telehealth for PT work yep. uh, when done effectively. Um, you know, so there's really no question of, oh, we need to see, uh, right. we need more evidence. The evidence is there. Yeah, somebody yeah. chimed in there saying Kim Bennell from Australia did publish some studies showing the effectiveness of PT telehealth for treatment of patients with, you know, in this, in her case, was knee osteoarthritis. She spoke at CSM in D.C. 2019. That was 20, yeah, it was 2019 yeah. Uh, and showed that off. I mean, really two things, Michael, right? Like, is it good? Is it cost effective? Will someone pay for it? Right? I mean, yeah. and I love in that order, right? Is it good? Is it good? If yes, we've checked that box. Okay, what does it do? Does it open up things like access to care for people who wouldn't get it? Does it make things just easier? And then uh, is it cost effective and can we get it paid for? And as a matter of fact, about three years ago, my father had a new replacement. And he was in a, a clinical study uh, that studied the efficacy of uh, rehab via telehealth. It's cool. Yeah. It's real cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right. So that's telehealth. So the goal, really, I mean, where are we right now? The You know, the last thing you want to throw in, like, where are we? Are we are, you know, we're, we're working to make sure this stays right. You've 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 we've proved it. It's good. 
we you know it's cost effective and people will pay for it. we want to keep it now so will other states have enacted uh codifications of the ability to do telehealth uh oklahoma passed a bill called the oklahoma pt telehealth act uh so that's specific to pts Arkansas codified the, uh, not codified, but it is now in the P2 regulations uh, for that state. Um, you know, really all over the country, we've seen uh, a good number of states that have, have moved to codify uh, the tele. Out loud, I'm gonna say well over a dozen this Love year. So. Love to see it. All right, next topic I'm gonna throw your way. Uh has to do with I believe there was a state up north. Is it North Dakota? We're talking about physical therapists ordering imaging. So we're talking about different well, we're going from a way to deliver care to a, a different way to, to test for something. So PT's ordering imaging, uh just a little bit of a victory in one of the states. Was that North Dakota? Yes, um, so they just passed a bill allowing PT to order x-rays only. Um, they can order MRIs or CT scans, um, but there are other states, Utah, uh, Wisconsin, and Colorado, um, that do allow, um, PT to order imaging. I believe Utah allowed all three, um, but really it, it, it's a good diagnostic tool uh, and it's important to keep in mind whether it's an x-ray, whether it's an MRI, whether it's a CT scan, uh, those images are all going to be interpreted by a radiologist before the PT receives that. Uh, so it's not like the patient is going to go for an image and they're going to slap the image after the PT to interpret. Right. Uh, a radiologist is going to interpret the first. Um, and, you know, the North Dakota law allowed them to order x-rays, which is fantastic. Um, but, you know, MRIs and CT scans are, are much better quality images than an x-ray. Right. Uh, which begs the question, you know, it's okay for uh, a PT to order a lower resolution image, but not a higher resolution image. Well, isn't, um, isn't, isn't this proving kind of what you guys do, which is, you, 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 you know, in terms of legislation, you start on an issue and you present your case, right? You present yeah. all the things we're talking about. Is it good? You know, is it cost effective? You know, will will this lead to savings or improved care, a reduction of one thing or, or improvement of another? Exactly. Um, there was an effort or is an effort in Rhode Island uh, to allow them to do everything, but it... Uh, came up against a lot of opposition from physicians. Um, you know, they don't like encroachment on the territory. Right. Um, you know, nothing against that. But again, um, you know, these images are always going to be interpreted by an MD, by a radiologist, uh, before I got to the PT who ordered that. Um, so the, the Rhode Island one, the committee kind of sent it away for study. Uh, there is some 
hopes that there may be a compromise where maybe they'll be able to order x-rays. Yeah. Um, but again, you know, um, this, this is the tool that will ultimately help physical therapists to improve the care that they provide to patients. And this is why Michael is doing what he does, right? It's it's a start, right? It's yeah. a start here. And uh, you guys chiming in, and I love this. AO uh, Academy of Orthopedic PT, who supports the show, they actually have a special interest group just for imaging. We've mentioned that before on the show. We want to make sure we share that. They have resources regarding states where PTs can order imaging and more. Uh, for those who are interested. So that's a that's a great. I love when they chime in there. All right. So that's a that's a good example. I love that. People are like, well, it's just North Dakota. I was like, well, it starts somewhere. And then people look and say, well, if it's happening there, maybe it'll happen here. And that I mean, sometimes people complain about the 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 the, the pace of progress, but you want progress. Um, Absolutely. Moving on, this is something that we talked about actually a lot when I was in PT school, because I think there was a lot of change. Uh, in the 2013, 2014, 2015, 2016 area in terms of the PT compact. So maybe just explain what that is and then fi- and then let us know where we are with that. Yeah, so the PT license compact allowed physical therapists who were licensed in other states to get what they call a PT compact privilege. Right. In another day, without having to go through the entire examination and licensing process, um, you still have to take the Zoom prudence exam, but you don't have to repeat the whole process. And so it's really good for, let's say, military families where maybe one spouse is in the military, one is a PT, um, you know, who's a civilian, and they move around a lot, you know, it saves them a lot of time and effort from having to go through the entire licensing process in each state that they yeah. move to. Uh, you know, one of the most important things to know for people who may be wary of that, um, you know, when you have a compact privilege and you're practicing with a compact privilege, you have to follow the practice act of the state wherever you were treating. So if you're physically in North Carolina and treating a North Carolina patient, even though your home license may be in New Jersey, you have to follow the North Carolina Baptist Act. Um, the rule of thumb is you follow the Baptist Act of the state in whatever state that the patient is located in. Um, one of the things the PT compact really plays right into telehealth because if you're in North Carolina and you have a compact privilege in um, New Hampshire, uh, you can be in New Orleans and treat the patient via telehealth in, you know, Southbury Beach, New Hampshire, as long as you're providing services that are consistent with the practice of New Hampshire. Yep. Uh, so we are, we are, you know, back at the beginning of the pandemic, 
we got a lot of questions from members, you know. I live in, you know, Georgia, but I have compact privilege in Tennessee. You know, can I do telehealth? Uh, we got probably dozens of questions about that. Um, and, you know, the two compact is really helpful for doing telehealth. Yeah, as one of our uh, listeners are chiming yeah. in right now, yeah, PT, with exactly that sentiment, just as uh, just as you were saying it. Um, I mean, you know, look at it, uh, look at it as well. I mean, I graduated from Marymount University in Arlington, Virginia. If you if you look at that area where you know you're located, you could drive 15 minutes and be in Virginia, Maryland, or DC. Now, DC is not a state, but it exactly. requires yeah. different uh, a different license. You know, you, in the New York City metro area, you go over the George Washington Bridge in New Jersey, and uh, you know. So when you get into states like that, especially in the Northeast, you know, it it, it really lends itself. But also, as we're chiming in, telehealth. Exactly. Um, and speaking of DC. Uh, D.C. is one of the states that recently uh, joined the compact, uh, along with Ohio, Alabama, and just this week, Kansas. Um, Kansas finally enacted PT compact legislation. Uh, I've been at the APTA for two years, and they have been trying to get this through uh, since I've been there. Uh, there was a lot of hang-up about liability insurance and this, that, and the other. Uh, and so finally this year, uh, they were able to get it through the legislature and signed by the governor. So this year we have D.C., Ohio, Alabama, Kansas. Um, the governor of Rhode Island has included the P-Compact legislation in his state budget. Um, so that is still pending, uh, but we're hopeful that that will go through uh, this year. They did it last year. Uh, governor, well, former Governor Vermondo, uh, who was now a member of the Biden administration, um, she tried to get it through in her budget last year, but they waited and until November or December of last year to pass the budget because they didn't know what the situation was going to be in terms of relief funds and so on and so forth. Uh, so unfortunately, last year it was stripped out of the final language, uh, but we're really hoping that this year it does get through the legislature. Okay. So if that happens, we will be up to 33 states uh, and the District of Columbia uh, in the compact. I remember when I, yeah, when I was in PT school, and this is just a couple of years ago, it was like, I mean, it was single digits. I think we were celebrating like yeah. going from like nine to 10 or something like that. And that was just a couple of years ago. So that's great. I mean, this is progress. And again, I wanted to highlight those things that are often invisible or, you know, when some people say it's not moving fast enough, this, this is the speed of progress sometimes. And this is why people like Michael uh, are terribly important in the team that he, uh, he works on. Uh, we'll, we'll give a nod to a uh, choose PT as well. Um, probably not a lot of work, you know, in, in terms of choose PT because, you know, in terms of, in terms of limelight, but, uh, with the telehealth and imaging, but, uh, choose PT still going on as a campaign. So, uh, CPT is campaign that APTA launched, uh, I believe in 2017, uh, and we respond really to the opioid crisis. 
um, you know, there have been several studies that show that early conservative care, like physical therapy, is very effective in treating chronic low back pain, you know, any sort of uh, PT ailment that you could think of. Um, and it's a great alternative to opioids, which is highly addictive, uh, or can be. Uh, and so we have seen a number of states, uh, Kentucky, Tennessee, Ohio, um, you know, enact legislation to educate patients about alternatives to opioids for chronic pain management. Now, one of the biggest barriers to offering CT is that in a lot of cases, you know, if you have to go to PT to three times a week for eight weeks, and every time you go, it's a $40, 50 $60, uh, And then on the other hand, I can go to CVS and get a 30-day supply of opioid pain relievers for $10, you know, and uh, um, for people that, you know, the, like most people that are on a high budget, you know, uh, that kind of a co-payment adds up very quickly. Uh, and so in conjunction with educating the public about physical therapy as an effective conservative treatment uh, for chronic pain, there's also been a big push to enact fair copay legislation. And if I recall correctly, the state of New Jersey was the first state to enact this legislation several years ago. And what it does is it limits the copay for PT to no more than what you would charge to go to the primary care doctor. Um, you know, and that's typically a lot less than yeah. going yeah. to see a PT or any other type of specialist uh, that they may need to go through. And so, um, you know, we've seen, we saw an effort in Rhode Island this year, um, in Georgia, uh, you know, unfortunately they didn't go anywhere this year, but we remain hopeful. Um, there's also a lot of Nathan in Texas that is still pending. Um, so that is a, a big issue that we put because, you know, as we all know, the opioid epidemic has devastated yeah. communities across the country. And so anything that we can do with the profession to try to mitigate that is a good thing. Yeah, and this is just another example of how legislation and advocacy in terms of, you know, opening up something like that in terms of Fair Copay Act and saying, listen, if 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 we can if we can make a different path, a better path, an easier path to walk, yeah. we have a better opportunity to do that. Absolutely. Um, perfect. All right, connecting with APTA, as you can see on the screen there, at APTA Tweets, Instagram, at APTA Picks. 
And of course, that uh, new new website, APTA.org. Uh, Michael, are you ready to play uh, three questions with us today? Let's do three questions. Three questions from our friends at Fusion Med Staff. That is Fusion Medical Staffing. Find them online at fusionmedstaff.com. Uh, let your PT license take you where you want to go. Free to move about the country. Talk about that compact as well. Uh, also, job transparency. A lot of people are talking about, well, I found a job, but I know I got to like do this dance with a recruiter for a while to really get the details. No, they have job transparency. Just check out what positions are available. They want to find a good match for you. And for someone who needs your skilled care. So, uh, again, find them online at fusionmedstaff.com. All right, three questions. First question, uh, Michael, you're in the D.C. kind of area. But once everything's cool to kind of travel, where's the first place you're going to go? Well, uh, we, my wife and kids and I, we are going uh, in July. We rented house uh, on one of the sea islands off the coast of South Carolina near Beaufort, uh, which is just a beautiful area with something very quiet, very laid back, um, not a lot of clouds and noise, it's a beautiful scenery. And- what more do you need? Exactly. All right. Second question on three questions. What's something you've watched or read or listened to a book, a movie, a podcast, uh, you know, in the last year that you, you think that the audience could get value from? That's a tough one. Uh, I think during the pandemic, I like most people, uh, watch more stuff on Netflix than I can even remember. Uh, one of the great shows, uh, documentaries on Netflix that I watched uh, was a documentary called Crip Camp. Oh, yeah. Um, with, I believe was uh, produced by uh, former president and first lady Barack and Michelle Obama. Uh, the production company, uh, and uh, it really chronicled the evolution of the disability rights movement starting back in the late 60s um, with a young Judy human yep. um, who's a rock star in her own right and had her own uh, podcast, uh, I think it's called Human Experience or something like that. Uh, and they, they were actually nominated for an Academy Award uh, for the documentary category. Um, but it really chronicled the development of disability rights law uh, in the country, which really only started back in the Nixon administration. Yeah. Uh, which wasn't that long ago. Not long at all. Uh, you know, so it's really only been the past 45 or 50 years uh, the, the issue with disability rights has even been on the public policy radar. I'll, I'll say, you know, um, I mean, almost should be required viewing for, for clinicians or PT or PTA students. It not, I mean, it's a great story. It's very important, but it was also just a really good film, which you mentioned it got nominated because they yeah. had limited footage. So how they were able to tell a story, right? You couldn't just, I mean, it was a documentary, but they were telling stories about people with limited footage, but they did it really well. Absolutely. And to think that, you know, the American disability that has only been around in my lifetime, 
It's a big deal. It's a big deal. All right, last uh, question of three questions is a who question. Who is someone the audience should know more about? Uh, Mention Judy Human. She's somebody. Let's see. Who? Wow, Judy Human. I then I've gone back to to the documentary quick camp. Um, I got to confess I was a, have a disability myself, and before I watched quick camp, I had no idea who she was. Um, and she's kind of the pioneer. Um, you know, she was the advocate. Uh, if I not. They can see a finer business. Um, yep. You know, so she, she uses the wheelchair. Uh, and she was really uh, front and center, um, you know, back during the Nixon administration with the 504 Act and, and then. Uh, in the late 80s, early 90s, uh, with the the ADA. Yeah. Um, I mean, just a great woman and a visionary. Uh, look her up because she's one of the unsung heroes uh, of American public policy. Yeah. And again, we're flashing on the screen, but if you're listening on the podcast, it's Judy uh, Human. It's H-E-U-M-A-N-N if you want to look her up. All right. That's uh, that's three questions uh, on the podcast brought to you by our friends from Fusion Medical Staffing. Last thing we do, Michael, is the parting shot. All right, Party Shot brought to you by our friends from the Academy of Orthopedic Physical Therapy with more offerings coming out. They call them independent study courses, ISCs. Uh, looking like uh, current concepts of orthopedic physical therapy, there are hard working on the uh, newest edition, fifth edition. So uh, check them out online, uh, orthopt.org. They've got uh, independent study courses, but also it is, it is the component within the APTA that just focuses, also the largest component of the APTA. We mentioned earlier in the episode, they've got that uh, the imaging special interest group. That's just one of their many special interest groups. So check them out and how it can help enhance your career if you are an orthopedic physical therapist. Again, online at orthopt.org. All right, Michael, you've done this before. Last thing we do on the show is the, uh, the parting shot. What's the sentiment or idea or what do you want to leave with the audience today as we wrap up? So get involved uh, with our action network, APTA.org slash advocacy. Be an advocate for this wonderful profession. Uh, you know, we have an action app. We can send out action alerts on behalf of your state doctor and whatever bills you guys are trying to to put through at the state level. Uh, we have a wonderful federal affairs team that's headed up by Justin Elliott, our uh, vice president of government affairs. Uh, they are hard at work on making sure that we keep our ability uh, to do tele how for Medicare patients, uh, student loan relief for 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 PTs, uh, you know, uh, and also what my my colleague Daniel Moore and I do at the state level, uh, which is helping PTs, you know, make sure they their patients have direct access, making sure the state's an active PT compact and codify the ability of physical therapists to provide telehealth with the honor with safe and effective. 
um do you know what we do we put legislation we put to make the profession the best it can be and to provide our patients with the best care but legislation is the one here most importantly from you guys the pp the people who are providing the treatment, who are seeing the patients, they want to hear from you. So uh, the, the big takeaway is we're doing a lot of good stuff, both at the state and federal level, uh, but legislators, most importantly, want to here from PTs and PTAs and student PTs because you guys are the, are the professor. Um, so get involved, go to APTA.org uh, and join our advocacy network. Love it. Uh, Michael, thank you for the update as, uh, as well. Uh, appreciate you coming on and giving us that and showing us, showing us the different uh, things that we're working on behind the scenes. And when they, when they come to fruition, uh, they grab the limelight, but it's good to know that yourself and, and the rest of your teams uh, are hard at work for our profession and ultimately for our patients. So thanks so much, man. We appreciate it. Love the PT Pinecast? Yes. Yes. Support the show by telling a friend or by leaving a review on iTunes or Google Play. All right, show today brought to you by the Brooks Institute of Higher Learning, an innovator in providing advanced post-professional education. Brooks IHL offering continuing education courses in numerous specialty areas, six PT residency programs, an OMPT fellowship, as well as challenging but rewarding internships. The IHL specializes in the translation of information from evidence to patient management, Learn what they can do for you to support your professional development at brooksihl.org. Our home on the internet. ptpinecast.com. Created by Build PT. Build PT provides marketing services specifically for private practice PTs. From website development and hosting. To providing content marketing solutions for PT clinics across the country. See what Build PT can do for you today at buildpt.com. The PT Pinecast is a product of PT Pinecast LLC. It's poured fresh by me, physical therapist, Jimmy McKay. Ingredients are sourced by our chief connections officer, Sky Donovan from Marymount University. And it's brewed fresh by producer and physical therapist, Juliet Dassinger. And by producer and creator, second year PT student, Bridget Nolan from Sacred Heart University. PT Pinecast is a podcast that saves physical therapists from missing out on amazing insight, remarkable ideas, and motivational stories. Make sure to follow us online at PT Pinecast and subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or Google Podcasts. I absolutely love you. I love you, love you, love you. It's it's awesome. <laughs> Thanks so much for listening. And if you found value in the show, all we ask is that you tell a friend. This has been another pour from the PT Pinecast. The PT Pinecast is intended for educational purposes only. No clinical decision-making should be based solely on one source. While care is taken to ensure accuracy, factual errors can be present. More on the show at ptpinecast.com.